Are you ready? I guess so. You guess so. You guess so. You're drinking Gatorade. Is that all right? Haterade. Haterade. That's Haterade. Yeah, That's a, Haterade. It's German. You don't pronounce the G. Well, it's Haterade. Welcome to another edition, the weekly podcast, The Unbalanced Note, all about music. I'm Brian Kluger, and we're on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. It's our podcast. We love it. I'm here with the fantastic person in Dallas, Texas, who uh, says yes to school and yes to... I don't know. Books. To books. Yay, books. Pop-up books. Jacob Douglas. How are you, sir? We're survivors, man. We, we are survivors. We survived the storm. There. So for those listening who are not in Dallas, this past Sunday, it was sunny outside. It was calm. And then it wasn't. And then basically a hurricane came through for like five minutes. So we had like 80 mile hour winds for like five minutes and... It became crazy. There are still people since Sunday. We're on Tuesday right now that are without power. Uh, it there was just like this crazy um, rain thunderstorm that blew through. It actually killed people. There was a big, large crane in downtown Dallas that toppled over because of the wind. Fell on an apartment complex. Oh, that's yeah, it did it killed that girl? Killed somebody, yeah. it critically injured a bunch of other people. That entire complex is unlivable, and all of these people living in there are displaced. They are uh, in a hotel right now and trying to figure out what to do next. But and it sucked. It was you. crazy. So I was in downtown at the time eating breakfast, and it blew through, and it was insane. Like all the chairs outside on the patio and – and the umbrellas at this restaurant I was at just was just easily blew over. You saw debris in the road, the trees bending in half. It was insane. It was crazy because you saw like it just getting really weird outside. And then you see all the people walking in downtown running as fast as they could anywhere to seek shelter. And some came inside to the restaurant I was at. It was crazy. And then about 10, 15 minutes after it did that, it was like beach weather. It was sunny yeah, it was and beautiful and though. nice outside. It was like nothing ever happened. But like when you drove around Dallas, like all these lights were out, like stoplights and trees were down in the middle of the road. It was insane. And Jacob, I believe you were at home, right? No, I was at work. Dude, I was at work. You were at work. Yeah. Did, did the power go out at work? Oh, yeah, instantly. Insta- yeah. <laughs> instantly. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Like, I see it was raining, then the power went out, and then I was looking at the whole front of the store's glass. Oh, God. So then I started seeing the rain, like, curve. And yeah. And I said, oh, shit, that ain't good. Did you I, go, like, in the back? Oh, yeah, I locked the door. I locked the door. So was there that, anybody else in there? Fuck no, there wasn't nobody in there, man. <laughs> I'm telling you, it was like the sun was out, and then all of a sudden it was black. Right, it was crazy. It's crazy as shit. But yeah, I wouldn't. I was just hung out in the bathroom there, man. Locked, locked both doors, and yeah, rode it out, man. Ario Speedwagon, Ario Speedwagon style, riding the storm out, man. It was yeah, that was that shit was wacky, man. It took me fucking forever to get home. There was fucking it was 
huge trees that were down, man. No, like gigantic, yeah, gigantic was, trees, like uprooted themselves out of the ground and fell over. Yeah, it was, of this man, it was crazy. So dude. at your at your home, did you was it power out or we got pow- we got power back yesterday in the afternoon. Ugh. But yeah, it was it was getting interesting. Yeah, <laughs> it was getting interesting. Yeah. So to speak, uh, yeah, that's um, it was. But we, we 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 survived. We did survive. It was uh, insane, and people uh, were freaking out. It was funny. I, I we didn't really have the internet, but I could just assume. Like I was like, man, I really wish I'm not on Facebook anyway. But just to see people's posts about like well, being I without think, being without electricity, it's like. Well, I think if I remember correctly. Rain was forecast, but nobody knew it was going to be this violent. It had killed people. That's like... Well, now hold on a minute. The crane killed the person. Due to the yeah, weather. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's it's totally different. Not different. Weather no. No. did that. If the, if the storm wasn't that powerful, the crane wouldn't have fallen over. No, you don't know that because what if it would have just been normal rain that they predicted and 20 mile an hour wind would have blown it over? That holy shit! That crane. That's uh, what I'm saying. We don't. Sure. We don't really know. Yeah, I'd say that storm claimed zero lives. I don't know. Uh, I, I I say it did. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was crazy. It dumped like five inches of rain in like ten minutes. It was a hurricane. That's what it fucking was. <laughs> it was. It God, really was. We, man, I can't believe we're here. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. But. The, 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 the show must go on. Are people blaming Trump for the storm? <laughs> Trump no, did it? Oh, no. He fucking, that orange dude. <laughs> that orange dude. He, said a hurry, he fucking sent a hurricane to Texas. <laughs> Dallas. <laughs> ah, crazy. Show must go on. We are the Unbalanced Note. Our main feature presentation today, we'll be talking about Pink Floyd. We're very excited about that. And we will have our music question. David Gilmore is here. David Gilmore is live in the studio. <laughs> no, no, no. He's not talking yet. Can't, yeah. He's in the green room. He, he's, he's warming up his tea. Yes. And then uh, we, we have, of course, news in our one-hit wonder to get to. But first, we will get to some of that music news that you know and love. So let's start out with a bit of news I know Jacob will love. <laughs> you know, it never goes that way, though. It doesn't. Radiohead. Oh, God. So basically, hackers hacked into Tom York's computer uh, and stole the OK Computer Sessions. Oh, this story I do like, then. And so did they upload it to the internet? So no, not yet. They they demanded a hundred and fifty thousand dollars, or they would release it, which is like eighteen hours of their sessions. So Radiohead said, "Okay, well, we're going to release all of it, and uh, you can listen to it for free, or you can pay eighteen dollars to listen to the entire eighteen hours." Uh, so there you go. Uh, if you. <laughs> Which that's really awesome. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So um, that's what they were like. Okay. So we're doing that. So on Bandcamp, uh, and all of the proceeds are going to Extinction Rebellion, which is uh, let's see, a nonviolent climate activist group. So uh, all of the proceeds will go to that. And good for them. I've heard like very few stories doing this. Like I got hacked. 
oh, well, we're just going to release it for free. Fuck yeah. you. So that's what happens. Who wants to listen to 18 hours of that dude yawning anyway? Though? <laughs> Correct. Right? So this was never intended for public consumption. Uh, but now you can download it. And it's. I Man. think OK Computer is a great album if it's really rainy outside and you just don't want to watch a movie. You just want to put on like mellow Elevator it, music? It's not elevator music. Oh, yeah, it is. But it's also like hard rock in parts, too. I don't know. I, I like OK Computer a lot. It's one of my favorite albums of theirs. Uh, you don't mean that. I do. I like that. Uh, I don't think you know what you're saying right now. You don't know. Have you had your medicine? What? Define medicine. Breakfast. Breck, no. Um, you're not you when you're hungry. I, I'm not me when I'm hungry. But, I mean. Well, I wonder what else they got in that googly-eyed guy's computer. <laughs> Like, I want to know how they got into it. Technology's crazy. It is. It really is. That's just We got scary. hacked last week. Someone stole Tom's mini-disc archive. <laughs> so I don't know how that happened. Like, yeah. they must have gotten in somewhere. I mean, hackers can do literally anything. That or it's someone they know. And they only wanted 150 grand yeah, for see, it. Yeah, see, that's crazy. That, I was sitting here thinking, like, that. that'd be like hacking the fucking... You know, into the Vatican, right? And going, I want 50 bucks. Yeah. I have a lot of stuff here. Yeah. (laughs) I need 50. I need 50 bucks. Yeah, $150,000 doesn't really seem like a lot. So, yeah, they didn't complain. They just, uh, all right, we'll release it. You you can listen to it for free or you can buy the entire thing and download it on Bandcamp. Man, there's not 18. For $18 for 18 hours. Yeah, I can't think of even really a band. I mean, like the Almond Brothers, I could, but God, to listen to eighteen hours of one album, the, well, different like takes of it, songs and shit. I get so it. I, I mean, for I mean, it's been done mostly with Beatles, but like, there's a lot of bands that you and I like that we would like to hear different takes on the songs. Or eighteen like hours of it, though, it, it's a bit much. I mean, <laughs> fucking. That's what I'm saying. I'm sitting here thinking, like, even a live, like, if you just listen to like three live Grateful Dead concerts, right? Right. At some point, it's even like, God damn, this is a, kind of a beating a little bit. It's true. Remember when the stupid Flaming Lips did that 24-hour song? Oh, my God. They released that for Record Store Day or something, right? I don't... Yeah, I don't know how they did it, though. Maybe on a USB... St- oh, it was like in some fucking frog or something. I'm trying to remember. I, I remember when they did that. Yeah. Yeah. Flaming lips go for you. What happened? What, what, what happened to that band? Don't know. Uh, moving on to a bit of very, very unfortunate sad news. Ghetto Boys artist Bushwick Bill dead at 52 uh, following cancer battle, which is very unfortunate. Well, they were Love supposed to Bushwick. tour. They were about to tour. Right. And, he and had stage four it. pancreatic cancer. He was 52. Earlier this year, he was diagnosed. That really sucks. He was... Uh, he was awesome. Bushwick Bill. Yeah, Ghetto Damn. Boys was the shit. Ghetto Boys but, are still the shit. But see, that if they were going to tour, and then he canceled it because it was... Uh, he said that they were, like, exploiting his death, basically, what was going to happen. He didn't want... Because they were calling it the last tour or the farewell tour or something like okay. that. And he said he didn't want to do it or call it that because he's like, I don't want to go out like that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about a tour. It doesn't say Yeah, they were going to do like six shows. Bill, Bushwick Bill actually released an album in 2009 uh, influenced by his born-again Christianity. It was called My Testimony of Redemption. That was crazy. I don't know. 
I like Bushwick Bill. Uh, and in, I guess in recent years, he would uh, go to bars and do unannounced performances of Damn It Feels Good to Be a Gangster. Yeah. That's pretty badass. Dude, R.I.P. But yeah, good shit, Ghetto Boys. We'll have to do a show on them at some point. Uh, but we rest in peace. Let's get the other unfortunate news out of the way, too. Uh, Dr. John, dead at 77, the New Orleans legend, died early Thursday of a heart attack named Mac Rebinac. Did you listen to Dr. John? Do you like the New Orleans funk stuff? Fucking love Dr. John. Yeah. Grigory, baby. It's good. He, uh, Dr. John, if you don't know who he is, he literally played with some of the best people in the world, including Rolling Stones, Van Morrison, Frank Zappa, and Harry Nilsson. I mean... And Doug Som. Who's Doug Som? Doug Som was the original Cosmic Cowboy from Austin, Texas. Yeah. Sir Douglas Quintet. And if you don't know who Dr. John is, you would probably know a character he was based on. Dr. John was the influence and inspiration for Dr. Teeth from Jim Henson's Muppets, the leader of the May- Electric Mayhem Band. Yeah. You know, the guy with the big gold teeth? Yeah, he That's played... Dr. John. He yeah. Was, yeah, he was on that, that episode... Dude, Dr. John was the shit, man. That that fucking first album, Grigri, you ever heard that? That's like the scariest fucking album ever made. Right. We we need to do a Dr. John thing. Totally. Yes. Not to be confused with Dr. Hook. Or Dre. Or Dre. <laughs> but Dr. John uh, did it at 77. We will miss you, and also we will miss Bushwick Bill of the Ghetto Boys. But moving on. Uh, Dude, that would have been a sick collaboration. What? Dr. John and Bush. Bill? Bill? Holy shit, that'd be badass. Right? Oh my god. Think of that. I'm thinking of it, and I want it. Dr. Boys. Dr. Boys. <laughs> the doctors are in. Uh, oh. Let's see. A, a little bit of news in New York. The Notorious B.I.G. officially gets his own Brooklyn street name. The corner of Fulton Street and St. James Place is now known as Christopher Wallace Way. What do you think? I thought it was Notorious. Notorious. It's Notorious B.I.G. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> fuck that noise, dude. They're about to have Novitsky Way over here, right? Dirk's getting the road. They're turning Olive Street into Novitsky Way. He brought the he brought the people out. Chris Wallace. They should have just called it Notorious Boulevard. <laughs> that would have been great. Yeah. I mean, what the hell? Notorious people- Boulevard. Yeah. Notorious. <laughs> <laughs> Notorious. Notorious Boulevard. Christopher Wallace Way. So uh, there you go. That's um, they, Notorious B.I.G. I don't know about that, man. They should. I'm telling you, they should have called it Notorious, though. Who knows him as Chris Wallace? I mean, people know who Chris... I mean, some people. Nah, definitely but, not the mainstream. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There you go. For people who really liked him, Christopher mm-hmm. Wallace Way. Uh, moving on. The Chemical Brothers announced 20th Anniversary Surrender Reissue. The expanded reissue comes with previously unreleased material coming out very soon. Uh, The first copies pre-ordered will be uh, coming with a limited pressing of Electronic Battle Weapon 3 and 4 on colored 10-inch vinyl. Uh, vinyl. What do you think? Do you like Chemical Brothers? No, there's no guitars in that band. I don't like them. You just like, like synth pop? I like Air. You know that band Air? I like Air. Yeah, that's... That, I don't know, man. I never, I don't know really a lot about Chemical Brothers. I mean, I know enough to know that it's not my thing. There you go. Are you excited about that? No. 
but I feel what the fuck? Wait, wait a minute! <laughs> you got all the you got the internet. I do, and it's like you're finding. You should. What the I, I, our, our next our next one our next our next topic. I'm going to smash this computer. Next news, we'll be able to talk a lot about Woodstock '50 loses its venue and producers. <laughs> Is this new? New? Because I knew that I knew that they had like an investor back out a couple of weeks ago. No, as of a, oh, I, they they lose their event producers and loses their venue. Um, after Watkins Glen International and CID Entertainment backed out, organizers insist that the event is still happening. However, they lost their venue. It's like booked. What's going to happen? See, that's correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's what happened at the first Woodstock. That's how they ended up on that fucking farm. That Max Yasker went, well, hey, you, can, you guys can use my land. Yeah. Because I think they had a spot. And then it didn't. They didn't go. Th- it didn't go through. So then they just moved it. Like and some a, guy on the farm was like, "Yeah, I have, have it. Yeah, I've had it." I, am I, is that correct? Are we remembering? that? I don't correct? remember. Well, from the documentaries, I don't. I know they had trouble getting it together. However, when, when they got the venue, all of it like was happening. They yeah. got everything done. So I mean, Woodstock Woodstock Fifty lineup is terrible. You know, Jay Z, the Killers, Chance the Rapper, Miley Cyrus. You know, uh, Black Keys pulled out over the uh, the festival, but I, who, that's a terrible lineup. I mean, I would like to. Is see- it? It's worse than the one from '99. <laughs> Limp Biscuit and Creed. Creed, Jesus, dude. You want to see a? That might be one of the most unfortunate missteps in the history of music, well, right you, there. You, you think about it. When Woodstock happened, it was all about the music and people enjoying music. Yeah, it wasn't and a, it was it, it wasn't was, a brand yet. It wasn't a, it, well, yeah, it was it literally was like, "Oh, we're going to a concert and it's going to be great music and fun and enjoy meet people." And then when they tried to do it in 99, which they did, you had corporations trying to sell bottles of water for $20. Yeah. And People rioted because there was no bathrooms. There was, they really fucked it up. And people rioted, and that's what you get when you try to do this. You know? Well, the, the combination of music. I mean, dude, you got fucking corn. <laughs> Think about what was fucking happening at night. Like, look up the lineup for Woodstock, Woodstock 99. It's going to make us barf. Woodstock night, but then you get like lineup. Fred Durst is up there telling people to go fuck, go fuck up shit. Smash the, you know, break shit or whatever the fucking that song is called. Break stuff. Break stuff, yeah. Event schedule. Okay. Uh, you have George Clinton, fine. String Cheese, ooh. <laughs> G-Love. And is this 99? Yeah, it's 99. Uh, that was the first night. And then you have Lit and Buck Cherry. Oh, here we go. Yeah, right off the bat. Insane Clown Posse. There you go. And woot, The woot. Roots. Woot, woot. And then you have James Brown, Jamiroquai. Live, Cheryl Crow, DMX, The Offspring, Corn, and Bush. <laughs> Fuck me. And then Moby. And then Bruce Ornsby, Guster, Everclear, Ice Cube, Los Lobos, and The Chemical Brothers. Oh, really? There you go. Kid Rock, Wyclef Jean, Counting Crows, Dave Matthews Band, Alanis Morissette, Limp Biscuit, Rage Against the Machine, Metallica. <sighs> Good God. That's a beating. And that's Fat Boy Slim, Collective Soul, Seven Dust, Megadeth, Godsmack, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Creed, 
Elvis Costello, Jewel, Willie Nelson, Brian Setzer Orchestra, Everlast, Super Suckers, Muse, uh, Push Monkey, John Enton Whistle. <laughs> Weird. I don't know. Because, yeah, the Who played the first one. But look, here's the fucking worst part, though. You think, like, oh, cool, well, Metallica played. 1999 Metallica. <laughs> That's like getting into Saint Anger territory right. right there. Yeah. Not what you want to hear. Like, they, they fucking wanted to be Limp Biscuit. Like, they went, like, kind of. Because new, they saw how new metal popular, a bit. Yeah. which was not. Yeah. Dude, doesn't hold. Man, up. yeah. This Woodstock thing is confusing to me. Because I get it, because they're like, we got to try to get young people excited about it. That's why they have, like, fucking Jay-Z and Miley Cyrus playing, you know? But, yeah, it's like, it's, the mission statement has been so beyond fucked, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Woodstock is, I don't know, it was was once. You know, the one they did in 94 was kind of cool. But that should have just been a one and done thing. It's crazy. So... They are, they, are, they are in discussions right now where to host it, and it's still going to be August 16th to 18th. So that means they have three months literally to find something and do it. But they don't know where the location is or when the tickets will go on sale. So it it seems like nobody wants to be a part of this because people who are in the know, it feels like because these corporations are involved, it's going to be it's going to cost a thousand dollars, and then everything there is going to cost a thousand dollars. Like it doesn't make sense. Don't Dude, do it. People smashed the fence at the first one. Yeah, <laughs> we the, the we festival ain't never officially released tickets as reports of insufficient permits surfaced. Shouldn't happen anyway. Yeah, unless you're really uh, the only thing close they've done to Woodstock is they they did that. That California festival that had a lot of the lineup over the course of a few days. It had like, uh, it had, it had like Paul McCartney. It had Crosby, Stills, Nash. It had oh you know, desert, the, whatever. Desert thing, yeah, yeah. That, dude, that was fucking exp- the cheapest ticket for that was like eight hundred dollars. Thank goodness because you get, you know, <laughs> I mean, people going there to listen to music. I would imagine if you no, are you kidding me, dude? That's a bunch of like fucking. You know, what do they call it? People who are at Woodstock going to that. No, nah, hell no. No way. Those are people. That, that's, a, that, that's a festival that was made for corporate America. No fucking hippie went to that festival, I can guarantee you. They would. It's, it's it was a, the only time you'll ever see those people play. Together. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know about all that. $800 to go to a concert? Yeah, seriously. That's a... Uh, that's a bit much. What are you doing? I'm looking at stuff on the on the. Hey, on the speaking floor. of Moby, M- Moby, <laughs> yeah, Moby Dick, dude. Have you? So he wrote the, he he put out a book, I guess. Yeah. Do you know anything about this? I did remember he put out a book, and it was oh my god, what was it? I, we talked about it. He claimed well. No, it was it the. He's not the one. Is he the one that had to apologize for a bunch of shit he did? <laughs> to Natalie Portman. Correct. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I laugh my ass off because there's... He's a weirdo. Well, so, like, when shit like that happens, I like, I like to go to people's, like, Instagram. Yeah. So I went, like, Moby to his Instagram, right? And it's all these, like... Uh, it's like a photo. like a, It looks like a postcard or something, right? Yeah. And it's just white. And it says... 
you know, something like update. And then there's this long message he posts under it. And I was cracking up, man, like <laughs> reading some of this shit. I was like, dude, this guy's going to have a fucking meltdown. <laughs> he did he, have a meltdown. Yeah, it was, I, I saw it coming, though. I was like, man, I really want to. The, the people on there were commenting like, fuck you. You fucked an underage girl. Because apparently Natalie Portman was like 17 when she, the, he's claiming that they were dating. Yeah, weird. And he uploaded this like really weird photo. Like he's probably as pasty as I am. <laughs> You know what I mean? I'm blind. And he's got his shirt off. And then he's got his arm like around her. And she looks like, I mean, she looks young, you know? It's we, it's Dude, but yeah, but it's real strange. But then I just start thinking to myself, like, that's kind of the power of like hallucinogens and drugs. If Natalie Portman is going to be fucking hanging out with Moby. It's also, it's, it's crazy actors and actresses, man. Crazy celebrities. They, yeah. Their mind is like not normal but part and, of me wants to say like good for him but i don't like him at all like well, they're all like oh he's so creative i like him and you're, you know no, that's why hollywood love is not real and doesn't last with the given exception of the point zero 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 one percent i wish slim shady would have choked that motherfucker out at the music awards <laughs> that time i remember that great. dude he had that fucking yeah, he had like a blue Kangol. I remember that tennis hat on. Yeah, he say, "Yo, I don't like that bald motherfucker." <laughs> Whatever he said to him, right? Yeah, should have just went over there and fucking cross face chicken wing. <laughs> cross face chicken. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just yes. fucking taking him out, dude. For the cross face chicken wing for you wrestling fans. Isn't that a stuff. that guy killed his family? No, that that's the that's the Crippler crossface. Oh, okay, Chris Benoit. Okay, <laughs> all right, good. Uh, okay, moving on to another bit of probably Jacob would like Led Zeppelin Stairway to Heaven lawsuit to be reheard. Last year's ruling that the 2016 copyright case will get a new trial. will get a further look in appeals court. Dude, What's I, the deal with this? Okay, what the, happened? This me and Shauna were talking about this yesterday because I I'd got my I, well not mine. I have a 12-string guitar at my house right now, and I yeah. got it out, and I was playing. Well, you just doing Stairway to Heaven. Well, no, you? I showed her because she asked. She was like, hey, what's this lawsuit thing? So the band Spirit, they wrote a song called Taurus. Uh-huh. And have you like ever— the car? To, no. Well, <laughs> kind, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It wasn't around yet, but they saw it coming. They, man, yeah, a, it's the instrumental. There's this new, there's yeah. this new future mobile coming called the Taurus. We better write a song. Yeah, supposedly about it. Stairway to Heaven came out in 1971, but it, it, if you listen to Spirit's 1968 instrumental Taurus, it probably will sound very much alike. Play it. Look, look it up and listen to it real quick. But I'll tell, I'll tell you, I'll tell you about it. Okay. It would be if it was any other band. Like I would, I would. Just go, it's a coincidence. But Led Zeppelin has a history of fucking doing this. Of no, well, yeah. Stealing shit. And so, oh, I'll fuck. Yeah, we wrote that. Put Page Plan on it. Yeah, here. Li- yeah, here. Check here. it out. It, it's so obvious. It, take, it takes a second for the guitar to... <laughs> to get in? Yeah. I'm hearing, I'm hearing s- strings of some sort. Yeah, that, that's secondary. So the with the guitar is going to be well, the you can main. Hear the flute or the, the main reco- recorder. Yeah, the main focus, the recorder, <laughs> the piccolo. Yeah, is this like the extended intro? Um, yeah, you passed it, but it'll happen again. 
Yeah, this is... <laughs> it's that descending, like, doom, doom. You, you passed, you skipped over it. I skipped, oh, well. Anyway, yeah, anyway. dude. So they, in the 80s and shit, like, all these blues guys came out and they started suing Zeppelin, and Zeppelin settled out of court with a lot of them. But there's a there's a video on YouTube. It's like 13 or 15 minutes of songs that Zeppelin claims they wrote, and then it'll play the original, and then it'll play the Zeppelin version, like back to back. I mean, certain clearly cor- it's certain chords. However, I mean, what happened to like, oh, we're we heard this. We're gonna take a couple of these notes and then build off of it. Yeah, but it you missed. The, you skipped the video with probably the worst time because okay. you missed the part that makes that it really all. really sounds okay. Because, I mean, it's. But they sold it, sold out of court. So it was decided yesterday that all members of the appellate court will rehear the case. So it's going back to. I yeah, mean, oh, it, they've been going after Zeppelin now for like 10 years. Well, they that. well they sold out of court. No, no, they, or, they didn't settle. Oh, they, settled, they just paid him some money. The, this, I'm talking in the 80s. Oh, okay. This is still, this is like the huge one. Because what's the, the fucking, Stairway to Heaven is their fucking biggest song. Right. So I wonder, shit, if a court does rule in Spirit's favor, half, I mean, how much money? Well, I'm trying to remember why the... And who pays? Because it's been heard a couple of times, like in front of, in front of a legal system and shit. Right. And I think it's like they can't decide. Like it, that fifty-fifty thing happens. They're like, "Well, we kind of get that. Like you know, there's only X amount of chords, but at the same time, this is so painfully well, it, what's obvious." What's the law? What's the law? And plus, you take some chords. So okay, so some chords, and then Led Zeppelin built on after that. So if they took those those. Let's say five chords and used them. Look, here's what, what you, is that worth? Is it worth ten percent of every royalty since 1971, or is it worth fifty percent? Or do they? They would have to be half. Because if you're going to do that, it, it has to. You're sampling. What's the what's the law there? And where? Well, that's what I'm. Okay, that's what I'm saying. If you go YouTube, go to YouTube and just type Led Zeppelin Spirit, and then you'll hear the part that you need to hear because it's okay. the main. It's the main vocal. It's that. There's a lady under that part. That's the fucking guitar thing that's happening, and that's what that's what makes that song happen. Like without that descending guitar part, that song just doesn't doesn't work. Okay. Like if when when you hear them side by side, you'll go, "Holy shit!" That is that is crazy. You have to hear it because it's not it's you haven't heard it, so it's not making sense. Oh my god! What is this? An idiot? Yeah. Oh, this is not good. That's not a good one. Yeah, you just got to find, like... I said a little spirit comparison. Well, there's got to so, be one that's only, like, here 30, we go. 30 seconds. I'm hoping. Okay, that's Zeppelin. That is Zeppelin. Right. The... Yeah, I get that. <laughs> Thumbs up if you're here for Joe Rogan experience. <laughs> All right, here's the next one. Yeah, it's the I mean, same. It's the exact. I, I get it. 
I get it, but it's also different. Uh uh-uh. uh. Like, it's in the it's, same, it's even in the same key. Yes, it is in the same key, but it's such like it's just a few notes. And yeah, so. But that makes, that's the part that makes the song, though. I mean, wouldn't you think, like, after watching the recent documentary, reviewing it, the Echo and Laurel Canyon, where all these famous musicians, uh, collaborated together wouldn't you think led zeppelin would like oh we love this song let's tell them we love this song and then send them a track before they release it like the we loved it here's right. what our they didn't thing do is. that though no i know because that, 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 that's but, the point well yeah. they didn't know the internet was going to exist well and i mean Spirit i was feel a, like that would just be like a good move like yeah a that's band what, from a band we loved your music here but that didn't happen they just stole it yeah they fucking stole it and you imagine being spirit wait a second <laughs> that's yeah. our song yeah, well, they did the same. Like that happens a lot in music, like a ton. That's why sampling is fucking. Well, I mean, the should very never mainstream. win. Should never win an award for a song that has sampled anything in it. Correct. Well, ever very two, not very recent, but a very big mainstream one was Vanilla Ice and Queen and David Bowie with Under Pressure and Ice Ice Baby. No, well, what was the bigger one that had fucking uh, Uptown Funk? Did yeah, Uptown that Funk. With, That's um, it. it. Was Barry White, wasn't it? No, it wasn't Barry White. It was oh, what the? Was it, not, it wasn't the Barge. It was like Oops Upside Your Head. I said Oops Upside Your Head. It was that band. Yeah. God damn it. Who are they? I don't know. <laughs> I'm drunk. Oh, I, got a I thought it was Barry White's song. No, no. It's it's Oops Upside Your Head. Uh, and they, they uh, Oops Upside Your Head. The Gap Band. Gap Band. Okay. And yes. Uh, they got paid, dude. No. But after they said something. Yeah, Yeah, they got paid. They didn't. Uh, they did not came, but yeah, uh, oops, upside your head. Hey, are you on on YouTube right there? No. Look up how many times that fucking Uptown Funk video has been played. Why? Just, just take a guess of how many you think it's been viewed. Mm, 87 million. You're not even close. This I, is going to blow your mind. Uptown Funk music video? Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> say it, I was say it out tonight. Say it out loud. I was say, way off. Say it out. I told you. I said 87 million. 3.5 billion. <laughs> Jesus. I, uh, I was talking to someone at the store recently, like a couple of weeks ago. Jesus. And uh, I said, I, I, I told the guy, I said, man, I saw something on the internet the other day that <laughs> bummed me out. And it was that Gangnam Style song. Yeah, that was the first one to reach a billion. Yeah, but now it's, it's like 50 billion or something yeah. like that. And Who, he goes, he, then the guy told me about the Uptown Funk one. I was like, good God. I mean, a billion. Could you imagine? How do you even calculate that? They have a system. The first comment, the best comment says, who else remembers when a million views was a lot? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, God damn. 3.5 billion views, 7 billion living in the world. Wow. That's insane. Yeah. It's not even a great video. Like, it's it's okay. It's better than most, but it's not good. Well, I'm just, I mean, I'm trying to figure out how you get, how much money that equates to. A lot. Well, once you get over a certain amount, you go to Vivo. Okay. Like their YouTube thing, like you're part of a thing. But I don't know. I don't know how much three they're making. They're making. But that's money. just on YouTube. That's like it has to have been streamed more on our good friend Spotify's website, right? right? Like, how do you get? How do you fucking get paid for that? I don't. Like, know. I want to know how much he made. 
Mark and Ronson own, and what's the, his name? And the Gap Band. Yeah, and the Gap Band. I'm glad they got paid. I'm glad they got paid too because it's it literally is uptown funk. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it's fucking uptown funk you up, and it's like oops, upside your head. Yeah, said, it's the same. They thing. think people are dumb. Yeah, at some point it will it will be they will be all idiots. <laughs> Idiocracy at its finest. All right, moving on. Uh, we're going to mention quickly a couple soundtracks. The Shrek soundtrack is coming to vinyl. Yes. Yes, it is. Smash Mouth all the way. In Neil Diamond's I'm a Believer. And then also Eddie Murphy's version of Bad Reputation. There's Hallelujah. The whole the whole soundtrack is that, coming. Is the Eddie Murphy, is it done in the in the voice of the fucking jackass? Yeah, elsewhere. Yeah. No, well, it's Eddie Murphy's version uh, song, I'm a Believer, as well as I think Baby Got Back will be on there. He, Eddie Murphy's doing the monkey song, I'm a Believer? Yeah. Uh, yes. He, he sings it in the movie. As the as the donkey, right, right, yes, yeah, okay. So it's the first ever vinyl present. I'm absolutely getting this. It's a picture disc, isn't it? Does it show a picture of it? Uh, I don't see a picture of it. I thought I saw a photo a photo of it the other day. So yeah, it's uh, interesting. It's going to be really good to have this because it was a fun movie. I haven't seen it in years. Dude, it's got your favorite band in it. It's Smash Mouth. Yeah, Smash Dick. <laughs> Somebody, oh, dude, that God. song is. I mean, that is the perfect song for that fucking goofy ass movie. It is, and I like the movie. The movie, yeah, the movie kicks ass. Yeah, I like. I liked one and two. I did not like three or Puss in Boots or the fourth one, but one and two are pretty good. And d- trivia question: Who was originally hired and slated okay, to I, play I was, voice Shrek? Oh, I thought you were talking about who was supposed to do the song originally. No, who was originally slated and hired to do voice Shrek? Lou Ferrigno. Nope. <laughs> Uh, Keanu Reeves. No. He died before he got a chance to actually do it. Oh! Simpsons dude. Nope. I don't know. Chris Farley. Oh, really? Chris Farley was going to do it. He died and it went to Mike Myers. Another SNL guy. Well, I remember there's there's also something with the song. Which song? The main song, the Smash Mouth song that they do. Someone else was supposed to have done it. And they turned it down and then Smash Mouth did it. Smash Mouth bash Billy Corgan back in August that, after the Smashing Pumpkins from McLean, the DreamWorks had originally asked him, yeah, the band, to okay. do it. So it would be Smash Mouth and Billy Corgan to do the song. No, no, no. They wanted Billy Corgan to do the song. So I'll do I the think. song. Okay, there you go. Yeah, and then <laughs> something happened, and then Smash Mouth did it, and then Billy Corgan's like, well, I was supposed to do this. <laughs> I guess I'll go do wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> so did he do wrestling? Billy Corgan was in charge of TNA, like Total Impact. For really? Years. I didn't yeah. know that. Yes. With Dixie Carter from Dallas. God, how, what a strange, strange rock we live on. <laughs> it's That's weird. fucking bizarre. Uh, so Shrek's coming out sooner or later this year. It'll be great. Um, also, as of note, we have coming out from Varez Saraband in CD form, not a vinyl yet, but I know there is a John Wick record out there. I have it. But John Wick Chapter 3, Parabellum, original score by Tyler Bates. Excellent guy, done a lot of stuff, and if you like the movie and the score of the film, you can get it as 24 tracks. It is excellent, comes with liner notes and all that good stuff. And then also, finally, a big fan favorite, never been released before on vinyl, Buffy the Vampire Slayer from Mondo. 
records, mondotees.com. The uh, Once More with Feeling episode, the musical episode. Every song from that episode is on here, including some of the score. And, of course, the main theme from Buffy the Vampire Slayer is on it. It is excellent. It comes with fantastic artwork. A gatefold, which is, like, really cool gatefold, don't you think? Yeah, that's badass. No, they, they, they did a great version. And then uh, the liner notes are in the form of a playbill, but in this case, a sleigh bill, which has sleigh. all the lyrics to the songs and an essay from Joss Whedon. And, oh, it just couldn't be any better. I like the backwards says in Mondophonic. Yes, in Mondophonic. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it, it looks badass. Go do it. Go to Mondotees.com right now. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. We will be talking more about this in detail on our uh, on our sister show, My Bloody Podcast, later on this week. They need to do the fucking My Pet Monster soundtrack. That would be cool, too. Remember that fucking I do. movie? The, oh, I remember the, the doll, the, sh- the, the blue yeah. fur and the purple head. It had chains and yes, shit. Yes, yeah. I remember that. It, used to, it was like the more fun version of Teddy Ruxpin, but without speaking. Yeah, and less creepy. Yes. Like that monster was somehow less creepy than that less psychotic creepy. fucking bear. <laughs> <laughs> right? That bear has right. his fucking serial killer You're eyes right? and shit. He's smiling. He's like, I'm going to fucking kill you. <laughs> you are right, sir. He's fucking just looking at you. So those are those are some good soundtracks coming up. But we're, we're done with news for right now. We're going to go on to our music question where we ask ourselves a music question, answer it a fun one, and we bring it over to Reddit. So this week, in relation with our main feature, Pink Floyd, if you could add one musician to the band Pink Floyd, who would it be? Now, this out of any musician, this has to be a currently alive musician. Who would you pick to join the band Pink Floyd and play on a tour? Jacob. I don't even... You asked that earlier, and I, I froze. <laughs> you froze? Oh, my God. Man, that's a tough one. So I'll, I'll read some right now. Baroque Obama, 1776, says, Les Claypool, yep, I want to see that shit unfold. Yeah, you don't... Yeah, it's already the bass player, though. They Roger Waters. That that would be that would work, though, maybe. There you go. Um, Summy said, Which Floyd? W- with Sid? With Roger? Is Wright resurrected? Regardless, Jerry Garcia for me. Maybe? That's yeah. weird, yeah. Okay. Mecca Flamingo Candy said, Devin Townsend for the wall. Give him lead vocals and that's it. Also, he needs the skullet. That one could work, too. Uh, I said I'd say Tom Waits. <laughs> oh, that would never work. <laughs> Be great. Tom Waits. Uh, Mental Flaw Sue said, Floyd, I'm a guy, so I can't be pink. I see. Shadowless Midnight said, I'd love to see John Mayer play with them. And then Fucked D said, Justin Bieber. That guy. Fuck, he banned, block him. <laughs> fucking, I'm just going to give him an Fuck upvote. that guy. No. <laughs> Justin fucking Bieber. What's that guy's name? Fucked D? F-U-K-E-D-D. Get the fuck on out. <laughs> Man, I don't know. That's a really fucking good question. John Mayer is the most logical one because he does so well. And obviously people can't follow instructions. And they said Jerry Garcia, correct. Living dumbass. What was that? What's that dumbass's name? <laughs> the Jerry on. Garcia said Summy. S-U-M-M-E-Y. Yeah, stupid fuck. Read the question. I don't know who Devin Townsend is. He's a. You, do you know a band called Strapping Young? Lad, yes. Okay, he was in that band. Okay, 
I think that Stephen Wilson from Porcupine Tree would be a good fit. You mentioned him earlier this weekend. No, that's Jonathan Wilson. That's Jonathan Wilson. Yeah. Not Dennis Wilson or Brian Wilson? Nope. (laughs) Stephen Wilson. There's a lot of Wilsons. Great great musical name. Wilson Pickett? Wilson Pickett. The Wilson... Wilson Phillips? Wilson Phillips. (laughs) Anne and Nancy Wilson from Heart? My gourd. Dude, it's unbelievable. Uh, Al Wilson? (laughs) Um, so, okay, Stephen Wilson. Yeah. What about... Phil Collins? <laughs> I, oh, instead of Phil Collins, I would think, um, oh, the other one from that band Genesis. Peter Gabriel? Yeah. Too weird, though. What do you mean, too weird? It's too Pete weird. Ford's too weird as no, well. No, but, but, I, like, from a musician standpoint, like, Peter Gabriel doesn't really, he's like a performer, you know what I mean? Okay. Like he wouldn't he wouldn't in a musical sense add an instrument to the band. Where what? like the Devin Townsend guy's a fucking badass guitar player. Like that that guy's answer was good. What about Costello? Elvis Costello? Yeah. Absolutely not. No. No. Too Too quirky. Too quirky. Like he doesn't have the vibe. Like the the Stephen Wilson, Devin Townsend or what well, somebody on- else said a really good one too. Uh, Les Claypool? Yeah, Les Claypool. But, see, there's already... Roger Waters already plays bass. Okay. Like, it would... If, if Roger Waters was dead, and it was going to be, like, Gilmore doing it, then that well, would make sense. who's a good sense. piano player? I mean, you say Elton John, but would Elton John fit into that world? Yeah, he could play those songs. See, but, like, the Pink Floyd that I like doesn't have a ton of, like, piano. It's, like, the synthy shit. Like, okay. animals, you know, Dark Side of the Moon and stuff. Right. I don't know. That's a good. That's a fucking really good question. Well, you haven't given an answer. I said Tom Waits. Yeah, that's not serious. That's though. not. That's not. That's you can't so be. You you can't be serious. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. The Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> right. He just fucking runs through the wall. Yes. No, that's the shock master. The idea. <laughs> oh, that would be good. Bring down the wall and send the, the shock master. He's alive. Through. Tugboat, right? Tugboat. Oh my. The shock master. <laughs> Fuck. I know we need to stay focused, but. <laughs> we brought up the shock. Okay, how oh, fuck, all these guys are dead that I'm thinking of. Damn it! Well, I was going to say about the Shockmaster though is even if he would have came through the wall normal, they thought that was going to work. The mink with the star, the fucking glitter stormtrooper helmet. Yeah. What the hell? What about Jack White? No, absolutely not. At, it's fucking elementary compared, like. Musically, it's got to be someone that is in the upper echelon of their instrument. Like they, they've got to be borderline greatness. Santana? God no! What is wrong with you? Are you joking? Jonathan Fishman or Trey Anastasio? Yeah, too noodly. <laughs> you are fucking picky, bitch. No, man, I'm just, I'm telling you, <laughs> I'm, I'm telling. Like John Mayer would actually probably work, believe it or not. Well, we saw him and he did great. That was with the Dead. Right. Yeah. You don't think he could do? He would, it no. I wouldn't want him to sing the songs. Like I'm, I'm looking at it as a, as a, as a touring, as a live band. Right. Who's going to fill out the sound? They need, a, they need another guitar player. Like one guitar player can't just play those songs. Like as great as David Gilmore is, there's got to be another guitar player. Well, who is that guitar player? That's what I'm saying. Devin Townsend. You don't think Anastasio is a great guitar player? Fuck no. For fuck's sake. No. Lenny Kravitz. He, yeah, him or Craig Ross could do it, his other guitar player for sure. Anybody from Rush? 
Dude, Neil Peart could play the, in the fucking because they need a drummer. <laughs> you think that would be awesome? Yeah, it could, that would probably work. Okay, I was trying to think of somebody to take them. I don't know. I have no idea. To the next level? Well, like, do you think they need to stay like how they have been for the last forty years, or do you think well, they, they haven't even to... played together? That well, they haven't. Yeah. Just put Paul McCartney in there and call it a day. Jesus, I would rather have Ringo than <laughs> than Paul. Than Paul, two bases. I don't know, man. I would just, I'd just like to see Roger. Anybody Waters from Iron and, Maiden? Absolutely not. <laughs> too hardcore. We get br- fucking Bruce. What about Axl Rose? Yeah, that, I mean, or Slash. Slash. I was, I was actually gonna say Slash. I was gonna suggest Slash, but. I don't know. That's a really good question to me. Like I, <laughs> he's going to come back and he's going to think about it for sure. No, I'm. St- I've been thinking about it since you asked it because okay. I'm like, man, what what would be the perfect addition to that? This what the asking- slash and <laughs> um, Tom Waits? No, not Tom Waits. Randy Jackson. Look, you Tom. <laughs> There's already, there's already, there's already a bass player. There you go. <laughs> Dude, Randy Jackson would just be broing everybody. Yeah. Bro. What's up, dog? What happened to him? He's counting his money. Dude, he's fucking loaded in. <laughs> he is. Did he say bro or dog? It's, it dog. dog. What's up, dog? Right. What's up, dog? It was like exhibit. <laughs> DMX. Not DMX. It was exhibit. DMX was at 1999's Woodstock. We should try to get free tickets to Woodstock. They should hook us up. We'll bring people. We'll see. We won't bring. They anything. have to figure out if they're actually having it and where. <laughs> there Maybe you they go. Do it at Good Records. <sighs> Here we go. Moving on from our question, we are going to our one-hit wonder, and this is a very true, very big one-hit wonder from 1993. And they're still playing. I don't get it. But the song is strictly called... (laughs) By the Crash Test Dummies. Uh, The Crash Test Dummies, a band that really... Confused everyone. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, the, The Crash Test Dummies kind of formed in 1988 and uh they they came from canada of course and consist of brad roberts ellen reed dan roberts mitch dorge and benjamin darville which darville is no longer with them but in 1993 off their album god shuffled his feet there was a song <laughs> A song, track one, side one, called Ooh, or it's more like that came out. And you remember it. Once there was this kid who got into an accident and couldn't go to school. It's like some Tiny Tim type shit. It's really weird. So having very negative... Uh, reviews from critics. The single, that song, mm, was very successful. It defied the odds. It really did. So each verse describes the isolation and suffering of a child. 
two of whom have physical abnormalities. <laughs> in the first verse, a boy is injured in a car accident and misses school for an extended period of time. But when he returns to class, his hair has chur- turned from black to bright white. In the second verse, a girl refuses to change clothes in the presence of other girls due to birthmarks all over her body. The third child is a boy whose parents make him come directly home after school during services at their church. They shake and lurch across the floor. (laughs) This song is fucking baffling. It is very weird. An alternate alternate version sometimes performed at live concerts replaces the third verse with one concerning a boy whose mother disposed of his tonsils after a tonsillectomy, thus depriving him of a possibility of bringing them to show and tell. What in the fuck? (laughs) <laughs> what wasn't this song like in a movie that, uh, that helped it get to? Did it make it to number one? Um, yes, it did. It was number one at the U.S. Alternative Songs. It was in number one in Sweden, number one in Norway, number one in Iceland, in Germany, Denmark, Belgium, Australia. Dude, it sold a lot of records. <laughs> you remember the music video? So the music video was directed by Dale Heslip. Uh, <laughs> it set the song lyrics as a script for a series of one act plays performed by school children. Uh, yeah. I just remember they have on like, bla- the, they're wearing blouses. Yeah. The first featured, the first featured a kid named Whitey. <laughs> the second kid was named Blotchy. <laughs> oh my God. How did this, how did this video become what it was? It's so crazy. Rolling Stone said it's the 15 most annoying song. And I don't agree with that. No, I think it's, it's pretty catchy. Uh, well, cat, I mean, the happy birthday song is catchy, but it sucks. Okay. I don't know. So That song's pretty annoying, like that fucking... P.J. O'Rourke wrote a 1994 essay and said, Even the bad things are better than they used to be. Bad music, for instance, has gotten much briefer. And they reference Crash Test Dummies. Uh, it received a Grammy nomination. Yeah, well, you you know... Which like, it lost to I Swear by All for One. Oh, uh, damn, that's a fucking... Hard, that to, hard to beat that one. <laughs> and if you remember, this song was so popular, Weird Al Yankovic parodied it. <laughs> Did he? Yep, the parody was titled Headline News. <laughs> I'll have to check that out. <laughs> and yeah, it they... This is their only song they ever had. Like, that was number one. <laughs> That's the only song on the album. I mean, I remember buying the album on CD and listening to that and then listening to the rest of the album. Like, oh, my God, this is terrible. I do not like this at all. Do you remember that band Presidents of the United States of America? Peaches. Yeah, so that was like the time when the, the Goofy song was like how to get the number one song. Remember, there was like that little bitty trend. Moving to the country, you're going to eat myself some peaches. Yeah. Peaches come from a cave. That's a good song, though. Right, but it was so goofy, though. Like, right. That was the, the, the... I wonder the, if that song... We'll have to do that another time, because I'm curious if like so that was like a bet. Like, you can't make a song about peaches. Dude, well, well, then they, well, then they made one about Forrest Gump. That's true, they did. Or Lump. The presidents of the... Nice Weird Al did the Gump. Right. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. We need Weird Al on the show. Wow, he's so good. I met him one time. And? He was the nicest fucking dude. It was at the Paul Frank store over here. <laughs> yeah. A friend of mine used to manage it. That's no longer it. there. No, I anyway. hadn't been there in years. Well, because it's a, well, it was like a fad for like a year or two, right? It was around for a while. Like It was like emojis before they were emojis. Right, yeah, yeah. real Animal life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
But yeah, he was in there like with his wife. I just and I was like, my buddy was the manager, and I said, man, that dude sure looks like Weird Al Yankovic. But he didn't have like a crazy goofy shirt on or anything, right? He's probably. And I just went up to him and I said, "Excuse me, I don't mean to bother you, but are you Weird Al?" And he just started talking to me. Yeah. I was like, yeah. Have you talked with Bubbles lately? Dude, he was cool, man. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Crash Test Dummies. That's the story of their one-hit wonder. Baffling. It's yeah, it's really weird, uh, and I'm sure you remember it. Go listen to that. I, I can see the cover in my head, the album cover. Yeah, it's like like an old school Renaissance painting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, I always think of the Crash Dummies too when I hear the name, like the actual Crash Dummies. Remember the two of them? Yeah, they, they, I think they actually had an album, and <laughs> I actually they had their own TV like cartoon too. That would be a great fucking Halloween costume right that there. Would be good, good couples costume for all you lovers out there needing all you some, lovers out there. All right, if you're listening, moving to our main feature presentation, Pink Floyd, Pink Floyd the band. Uh, Pink Floyd formed in London in 1965, and they they consisted of Nick Mason, Roger Waters, Richard Wright, Sid Barrett, and David Gilmour, and they're mostly known. uh, You could say that they are pioneers of psychedelic rock and roll or progressive rock, as you uh, would hear it mostly you would probably see their logos and brands on t-shirts mostly being a pyramid with rainbows for dark side of the moon or the wall which is just a white brick wall and many other different iconic album covers but with pink floyd um the formation kind of happened with roger waters and nick mason met while studying architecture at school uh Interestingly enough, what do you think? Dude, fucking Pink Floyd rules. <laughs> End of show. Yeah. Lock, <laughs> lock it up. So that, that's how it started. And then the they first played music together in a group formed by Keith Noble and Clive Metcalf with Noble's sister Shyla. Richard White, a fellow architect student, joined later that year. So, uh, and then Sid Barrist. Sid Barrett came. It wasn't until later where um, Gilmore entered the fray. Yeah, and then game over. <laughs> it was all about him. No, he fucking... I mean, he, think he, about it. He moved it. it up, yeah. The shit they were doing with Sid was mind-blowingly awesome. Like, right. So fucking... Just too, happened too soon. Like, people couldn't even fucking grasp what was happening. Like, imagine hearing the fucking Nile song... When it came out in like 1969, like it's that's like that song is punk as, as fuck. It's angry. They're fucking screaming into the microphones and shit. And that's not the Pink Floyd we know. No, well, none of that stuff is. But even the stuff with when Gilmore came in, it's still so fucking weird and great. But it's two totally different bands. It's kind of the same with like the Stones. Like when you have Brian Jones, then you lose Brian Jones. And yeah, they, the sound changes. Well, the first album from Pink Floyd was The Piper at the Gates of Dawn, released August 4th, 1967. Uh, This was was pretty much people's first foray into Pink Floyd, and it received critical acclaim. What do you think about this album? Dude, it's, it's... 
this is in the top 200 of greatest albums ever. Really? Easy. Okay. Why I mean, is that? As a debut album, the cover of it is fantastic. Like, even before you hear the music. Because you, it's almost like a kaleidoscope of yeah, them. Yeah, you look at the cover and you go, well, this looks fucking interesting. Yeah. Like Sgt. Pepper. And then you fucking put it on, and then it, all these songs are so fucking, they're so weird. Like, it almost sounds like they maybe weren't sure what they were going to play. Right. Like, it, you listen to it, and you're like, this sounds like it's about to fucking go off the rails. Yeah, the the title of their first album was taken from Chapter 7 of Kenneth Graham's The Wind in the Willows. And uh, it was produced by the Beatles engineer, Norman Smith, which is pretty cool as well. Uh, and it just, it went crazy. The people loved it. Uh, and interestingly enough, the band's record deal... Uh, before this album was a $5,000 advance over five years. Low royalties and no free studio time. Well, <laughs> they took advantage. They, that didn't, that, that, the ship turned shortly after that. No, for sure. It definitely did. Uh, it, it, it's crazy. And it's, people just love this album. It's been reissued and all that stuff. And it has songs like Astronomy, uh, Domine, Lucifer, Sam, Interstellar, Overdrive, uh, and Pow R Talk H. See Emily Play, dude. That's the first song on there. That song's fucking... Astronomy Dawn? No, See Emily Play. On what? Piper at the Gates of Dawn. That's the first song on Oh, there. that's the UK release. The US release is See Emily Play. There were different releases. Yeah, they fucking changed. They did that shit on albums from the States to Europe. Sequence them different. So after after that, they the following year, they did a saucer full of secrets, which uh, many people liked, but not as much. Um, I don't really know much about a saucer full of secrets. Very druggy sounding album. Oh yeah, yeah. It's not like it's good. It, it's not nearly as good as Piper. That one is just more. It's, fucking... He said from at, right after the release of their first album through this one, Sid Barrett's behavior became very erratic. Oh yeah, dude, he started to lose his mind. So what happened to him between this time? A lot of acid. Oh, so that is that the the deal? What happened? Yeah, it just it's kind of skew he. Cooked, he fucking cooked his brain, man. It, it said that interview. He was interviewed on Pat Boone's show during this tour. Barrett replied to Boone's question was a blank and totally mute stare, and he kept his lips closed during the mimed performance. Barrett exhibited similar behavior during the band's first appearance on Dick Clark's American Bandstand. Barrett mimed fairly well for the performance of Apples and Oranges, but responded to Clark's questions with no interest or enthusiasm. <laughs> Dude, he, well, he didn't want to play the game. He's a weird, I mean, just that's a very unique individual. There you go. It varies. You, would you consider it like kind of like outer space type music? It's definitely fucking, yeah, alien, alien. It's like the, the later Pink Floyd stuff definitely is more accessible. Okay. Like this stuff is a little more... You know, from song to song, it well, kind of changes drastically. Well, track one, you have like Let There Be More Light, Remember a Day, Corporal Clegg. But then track one of side two is a 12-minute song called A Saucer Full of Secrets yeah, in four parts, which is instrumental, really. Yeah. So it's kind of like the start of the jam thing they usually got going, right? Nah, not really. 
No, because they weren't. They yeah, they weren't at this point. They're they're not like technically proficient really on their instruments. Like okay. Sid Barrett isn't like known as a great fucking guitar player. Even with jug band blues. Well, what I'm saying is, you compare him to the gene, the mind of him, him uh-huh. and David Gilmore are equal, right? But when it came to playing the instrument, uh-huh. it, it, they played two totally different ways. And Sid Sid's playing was a lot more like rhythm based. Okay, where Gilmore is like lead solo player, big notes and a lot of emotion, bends and a lot of bends. Okay, who do you prefer more? Oh, definitely David Gilmore. I mean, if like, what's the what's the next album after Sausage Secrets? It's is called it, More. Okay, More is the one the one with the Nile song on it. That's right. A, the Nile. No, it, it's basically More is basically all Waters uh, doing it. Yes, yeah, all Sid, Roger yeah. Waters doing it. Yeah, fucking Sid's kind of checked out there. And then right. what's after that? Umaguma. Yeah, the, right. it's it's the first album with without any involvement from Sid Barrett. Umaguma or more? More. Okay. Like it's it's just basically Gilmore and Waters. Yeah. Well, um, no, I don't think Gil- I don't think Gilmore's in the band yet. No, is it Gilmore's on party okay. sequence and then all of side two? All right. So. So then they do metal is next or so, Umaguma. So that was in uh, more was in 1969. Also in 1969 was Umaguma. Okay. Which uh, it's it's a double album. Mm-hmm. Which. I guess they had a lot. Well, I mean, a lot of their songs on this album was when you started to get into like the ten minute songs. Yeah, well, this twelve is, minute songs on each side. This so. is where the fucking bird is sitting in the nest and its <laughs> wings go out. Right, they're this like, like, oh, wait a minute, we we're know. we're about to have our fucking arch- archangel moment. Because they also on this album they have astronomy, Donomy as well as well uh, also a saucer full of secrets. But they also have one called several species of small furry animals gathered together in a cave and grooving with a pick. Yeah, and it's they don't play that one live anymore. No, <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, it, a lot of people like it. I mean, it's it's weird, dude. That's a fucking really weird album, and it's mostly. I mean. Uh, Waters again and Gilmore doing this album. That album has the best back cover of an album of all. Umaguma. Umaguma does, yeah. And then in 1970, Adam Hart Mother. And then in 1971, Metal. Metal, yeah, that's 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 one of my favorite ones. Metal, yeah. So not like M E T A L, but like you're meddling into some business. Yeah. Uh, so. This one was actually released on Halloween in 1971. That makes sense, man, because the first song on there is a fucking spooky. It's called Hall- One of These Days. Yeah, Halloween sounding song. You ever, you, do you know that one? I don't remember this one. It's just all bass, basically. It's like... That's cool. There's a synthesizer that's going... It's like the sound, dude. It's so fucking weird. That's awesome. I love that song. And then there's a voice in slow motion, like kind of like funkadelic. That's cool. It's one of these days I'm going to. And it's like chaos from that point on. It's man, that's such a good album. So, do you on that album on metal? Do you so the second. Side side B is a twenty five minute yeah, song Echoes, called Echoes. Yeah. Is, I mean, it's almost like Terrapin Station. It's it's better than Terrapin Station, really, because oh, Terrapin yeah. Station is great. Terrapin Station is great, but 
this song, the lyrics in this song, and very rarely does someone you know beat Robert Hunter in, uh-huh. the, in the lyric department. Yeah, but they fucking did it on this one. Lead vocals is Gilmore and Wright. Yeah, well, you've seen the live at Pompeii video, right? No. Oh my god, dude, you got it. Live at Pompeii video. Yeah, it's like in they play there in the seventies. They set up in the middle of the arena. Yeah, and they play a concert and they fucking do that song and it's unbelievable well it looks like since their first album this this album metal was their best reviewed since their first album yeah man well you know everybody knows we'll talk about dark side and the wall in a second yeah and everybody knows those but man this like if if they just released metal and echoes was the only song on it i would still feel the exact same way i feel about it like i think it's their best album interesting it said uh i guess who's this who's this person like john engineer uh, john lecky uh recorded with them with this and lecky had worked on all things must pass with george harrison prior and then brought it to i guess metal yeah dude that fuck that fucking album is so good so yeah it's it's hard to find some of these i think because, I mean, if you go to any used record store or new record store, you're going to find just like, we'll get to that in a minute. But something like metal, I don't even know if I've ever seen like a used copy out. Yeah. Well, that's like the – that's one of those I tell people all the time. I'm like, look, like the reason you can't find that album is because the people that own it – Don't want to get rid of it. Or, yeah. They're the music fan. Right. You know what I mean? So – and if they're going to purchase that album, they get the genius of it. Right. So it's like, why would you kind of let go of it? So uh, the next album after Metal was in 1972, and it was called Obscured by Clouds. And I guess it's uh, very acoustic Atari, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one is a kind of a – they kind of had to take that step to go to the next one. Right, because this was not very well reviewed. Yeah, well, it was – they had to get the bad one out of the way. Okay. Like, that's probably their – their worst one? I w- yeah, that or like maybe the Division Bell, which is like a 90s one. But Right. I mean, the, the, it's it's less than 40-minute album. Like, it's right like 39 minutes for yeah. the full song. And then, that was 1972. And then 1973, the world changed and Pink Floyd changed with The Dark Side of the Moon, which is, you know, a lot of people would say would put in their top three albums of all time. Some oh, yeah. people would, but the dark side of the moon, you know, like we said, you know, like the logo of that, you see it constantly. That's one of the albums where I can remember, I can always still remember the very first time I heard it. <laughs> where were you, man? I'll, I can tell you exactly where I was at my parent, my parents' house, they have a detached garage uh-huh. and it's converted into a, like a music room. Uh-huh. So there's amps and stuff out there. And I had, in high school, that was like my hangout spot. Middle school, high school, I kind of converted it. looked like that fucking room that the, on that 70s show, they'd go down there and smoke the joint to. Oh, my goodness. You know, it was like Kiss poster on the wall and shit. And there was a couch. And I've got a really good, like, pair of headphones. I was probably like, I had probably heard the songs off of the album before, but I never, like, sat and listened to it. And I got real fucking stoned, put on the headphones, and I was, I'd was i always listen to records. Like, I always had a turntable. And I fucking listened to it, and I just remember, I felt like I was floating, like, the whole time I, I listened to it with headphones on. It, did, it has this fucking, mat, like, even before the music 
starts. There's this fucking mood. Well, it, it sets you in the mood. And, like, if you're literally laying on your bed with headphones on or anything, you really, like, um, did I just take something? Because you really... Yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah. It is the most, one of the most unbelievable fucking sonic documentations of all time. Yeah, they they used multi-track recording, tape loops, and synthesizers to kind of get these different sounds that were nobody had heard before. Well, I'm even saying just the sounds everyone has heard, like the backup singer. Right. That, you know, the chick just wailing her yeah. voice, you know, the, the real simple slide guitar that yeah. Gilmore does. Those, yeah. Yeah. It just sounds like that you're in outer space. Yeah, it's like you're watching a NASA, you know, right. launch thing happen, and it's everything is in slow motion. This has sold over 45 million copies. Yeah, and is one of the best selling albums ever <laughs> worldwide. And it brought Pink Floyd to literally international stardom. It's, man, that's a it's a perfect fucking album. Yeah. Like the cover is, is is exactly how the record sounds. Yeah, it's a line going into this black abyss triangle pyramid, and then on the other side, it's the rainbow. Dude, fucking, that album is unbelievable. So, like, the, the it's... It's the Wizard of Oz, man. Which, yes, there is, you, there, we will get to that. <laughs> um, the... The voices are unbelievable. The instruments, I mean, it, it's crazy. And so the the songs on there, I guess, like, what, what is the most famous song on here? The Great Gig in the Sky. Breathe. No. That's or like do you the, think it's Breathe? That's the least popular song on there. Do you think it's Breathe? No. Money would probably be the, or Comfortably Numb. Okay. What are you talking about? The most popular song? You named the two songs no one knows on there. Us and them, that would be another popular great Okay. I thought Great Gig in the Sky would be a big one. No. Think so? Bigger than comfortably numb. Okay. YouTube it. See I don't I don't know. That's Let, our that's see. the litmus test. Dark Side of the Rainbow and Dark Side of Oz. Two names commonly used in references to rumors. That Dark Side of the Moon was written as a soundtrack for the 1939 film Wizard of Oz. Observers playing the film and the album simultaneously have reported apparent synchronicities, such as Dorothy beginning to jog at the lyric, No One Told You to Run, during time, and Dorothy balancing on a tightrope fence during the line, balanced. On the biggest wave in Breathe, David Gilmore and Nick Mason have both denied a connection between the two works, and Roger Rogers has described the rumors as amusing. Alan Parsons has stated that the film was not mentioned during production of the album. The Alan Parsons is on the, on the record. Right. Well, here, we can back it up a little bit. There's also a rumor that that song we were talking about, Echoes, the real long one, uh-huh. they sequenced that to 2001 A Space Odyssey. Oh, yeah? And I think that one is actually true. Okay. Or they, they I think they had Was said, Comfortably Numb on? Yeah. I'm on Dark Side of the Moon? Dude, look up the track listing for that. Here, I got it right here. Mm-hmm. Breathe time. Oh wait, it's not on here. <laughs> I, I was like, "What's happening here?" Wait a minute. <laughs> oh yeah, comfortably numb is on. Fucking wish you were here, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but they play it so much that you think it's on there, right? Yeah. Hello, hello. Is anybody out? No, it's actually not on there. It's on the wall. 
Is it on? Is it's on, it on the, the wall? wall? Yeah. I don't know. I'm dumb. Yeah. Well, I would think Time or fucking Money would be the the biggest songs I've heard. Okay. Great Geek in the Sky doesn't even have, I mean, are there even fucking well, words on well, that song? Well, fuck me. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, I think it's an instrumental, isn't it? <laughs> but a lot of their songs are instrumental. No. Hardly any of them are. What are you talking about? Who, wait a minute. Who? We have lost it here. Yeah. Jacob hold, thinks. No, hold uh, on a minute. Hold on. Again, this ain't right. Comfortably Numb's on the wall. Is it on the wall? It's on the wall. Okay. What's on? Oh, Shine On You Crazy Diamond. That's on fucking Wish You Were Here. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, no, there's a fucking epic. There's a fucking epic Gilmore song on there. The drugs have started to take effect. Dude, I've been fucking drugged up since high school. <laughs> I still, well, I'm telling you, Dark Side of the Moon is fucking top 15 of all time. Okay. I know. It's it's a great album. They became something more after this. It's it's insane what they did. Okay, so then what comes after Dark Side uh, of the Moon? After Wish Dark Side of the Moon here? was Wish You Were Here. Okay. And then Animals. Which is probably my second. That's my second, second favorite. favorite Floyd album. And then, of course, The Wall, which you would always remember, We Don't Need No Education, which is called Another Brick in the Wall Part 2. And, of course, Comfortably Numb. We're on that album. Correct? Yeah. yeah. My favorite song on here is Mother. M- Mother! No. <laughs> no. Not at all. No! <laughs> no, what are you talking about? Why is it? Why is that your favorite one? No, it just it reminds me of my mom. Okay. It's like such a fucking... I don't know. It's one of those songs that the lyrics are... It, the music and the lyrics are go hand in hand, like they're perfect, and it's like this. I don't know. It's this real kind of dark, like kind of comforting type song, and it's yeah. I don't know, man. I've, that song just always kind of super fucking grabbed me by the boo boo when I hear it. I'm like, oh man, it's like hearing Bob Seger like against the wind. Yeah, I'm like, man, I'm really not. My allergies are bothering me right now. My eyes are sweating. <laughs> it's just it's that song just is magical to me. I, I love it. I, I, I it's a damn good album. They're all good album. Well, what there's do you think good, about what do you think about eighties and nineties? There's good in those. Like they never made a great album. Again. So after the wall, nineteen seventy one, nineteen seventy nine. It was until nineteen eighty three where they came out with their album, the final cut. Yeah, and that one's pretty good. And it was the last Pink Floyd album to feature Roger Waters. They, uh, man, if they would have just ended it at the wall, uh huh, like they should have, like they hit the wall. Well, it, it, they're such an interesting band because a lot of really famous bands, their first couple albums are their big ones, and then it goes downhill from there. However, with Pink Floyd, it wasn't until their eighth album where they became super popular in their best album. Dark Side of the Moon, and then they did a, they did two more albums, and then they did The Wall, which is a lot of people, one of their most famous ones too. So they were like, maybe we'll do another one. And then in 1987, a momentary lapse of reason, uh, which you know, what do you think about that one? I think that's it, a nobody. Li- I think it's a live album. It's a live album. I think so. I it's could, their 13th studio album. Oh, it's a studio album. Yeah, and I, I, nobody liked it. Yeah, I don't know if nobody I've ever even listened to it. 
And then after that was the Division Bell in 1994. So I remember buying. I can. That's another one I can remember purchasing. And then I remember going. I was really confused by it because I bought it. What did it come out? 94? 94. Yeah. I remember when that came out. That I was would, a huge thing at Sound Warehouse and Blockbuster. Yeah, it was everywhere. You saw those... Uh, the two heads. Obelisks or whatever yes. you want to call them. Yeah, they fucking... Uh, I remember being disappointed by it. But then I listen to it now and I'm like, oh, it's kind of... It's not horrible. It's really only Gilmore part of it, right? Yeah, mostly. But I'm, I love that, though. Like when I texted you the other day about the David Gilmore on an island. Right. I'm... I'm Team David Gilmore. I, I am. T- I I'm always Team David Gilmore. I I don't have any Roger Waters movies or anything. Well, you got the wall. I, That's Roger. All the, the wall is Roger no Roger Waters. Waters. I know, but like as far as some, seeing somebody live, I've seen Roger Waters live. But the only reason I haven't seen Gilmore live is because I don't think he's come here. No, yeah. But I have Gilmore Blu-rays that I watch. Um, you know, live Gilmore. Blu-rays. Me and you were probably at the same Roger Waters show when he did the wall at he, Starplex. Oh no, this was at American Airlines Center. Oh, so I went to the Starplex one when he did the Dark Side the moon one okay i have pictures of it still hey it was good yeah it was real good it's real good but gilmore i don't know man it's and like picking your favorite beetle right and then the their most recent one was 2014 uh their 15th endless album, river the endless river that one i like i love that album it's real brutal. A, lo- a lot of people actually like that album yeah it's cool i mean there's no fucking hits on it at all it's just gilmore Mostly. Why Why do Gilmore and Waters just not want to play with each other? Too, well, that's the thing. It's not like a situation of like too many cooks in the kitchen. Those are two geniuses. Remember when I was saying like the Elton John, Axl Rose thing? Yeah. The ego that happens? Two divas, yeah. Well, they're not, I wouldn't say they're divas, but they're both... They have two separate visions of what they think the band should be. But like... Couldn't you Cause, say we're we're doing ten songs? I'm following you on five. You follow me. On they five. yeah, they tried that, but then like then the wall, like that's kind of what they kind of try to do on the wall. Like there's a compromise type thing, even on Dark Side of the Moon, because Dark Side it's very kind of Gilmorey sounding, right? Like it's more the vibe that's happening, right? But man, you fucking you hang around with someone long enough. Like, just friendship, like, you'll clash, right? It just happens every now and then. Well, you fucking factor in being in a band that instantly, after, when Dark Side of the Moon happened, bam, they're the fucking right. Beatles, right? Right. Then all this money starts happening. But people get through it. Stones get through it. Aerosmith gets yeah, through it. Yeah, because they fucking traveled. They don't. Tra- they didn't travel together. Like, after the probably the mid-70s, early 80s. They did their own thing. Well, the Stones, Ron Wood had his own bus. Right. Mick Jagger's, you know, they're not fucking in a van. <laughs> Down by the river. Yeah. You know no, what I mean? No, I mean, you're spending every waking moment of personal Je- and work life together over yeah. a period of time. And being on tour is extremely difficult. But then you're playing... Think about, like, they get... Fucking Pink Floyd probably got tired of playing Comfortably Numb. Like, like Skinner playing Freebird. Ah, oh, here it is again. But you got to think, like, they love playing that because <clears throat> the rise of the crowd loves Yeah, it. but after a while, like, everything. Like, it just... It, you're like, God, I really want to do something else now. That's why the Pink Floyd thing, their sound always was changing because okay. they fucking tried different shit. So you don't think they'll ever No, do especially a after... Thing. Uh, what's his name? Nick May Or... Nick Roger, Mason? Sid Barrett? No, Roger Wright. Or Richard Wright. 
Yeah, he died. I don't know. Get another keyboard guy. Yeah, but they should just call it David Gilmore, Roger Water. (laughs) No, just have both of their names. Oh, Gilmore Waters, something like that. Don't call it Pink Floyd. Well, instead of Grateful Dead, it's Dead and Company. You can do something similar. Exactly. Good for them, and good for them for doing that. Right? No, because I think you could add people to Pink Floyd and still get a good sound. They're great musicians today. Well, yeah. I mean, fucking Jonathan Wilson plays with Roger Waters. There you go. But that's what I'm saying. Like, when Roger Waters tours, he has three guitar players. Right. So that's a a big band. So with Pink Floyd, um, who do you think like like for film scores for sure they've done film score stuff not nothing you'd really know but i'm i'm trying to think like who do you think pink floyd really truly influenced do you think like i bet you he influenced zappa quite a bit they influenced zappa quite a bit probably your boy's radiohead <laughs> i'm serious i think they influenced david bowie and you too as well maybe queen Nah, probably not Queen. You don't think so? Nah. Other bands and artists who cite them as an influence include Queen, Tool, Radiohead, Stephen Wilson, Kraftwerk, uh, Queensryche, Nine Inch Nails, well, everybody, ev- Smashing Pumpkins. Everybody. It yeah. should just say everyone. Right. And Pink Floyd was also very big into Monty Python, too. Oh, yeah. Well, anyone anyone with a brain it, is into Pink, Monty Python. Well, Pink Floyd helped finance Holy Grail. Yeah. <laughs> which is great. Uh, so yeah, it's interesting to see like you, Roger Waters left the band in 2005, but David Gilmore was still in it till 2014. Can, clearly he wants to be part of it still. I'd imagine if he could get the right people. Dude, they have to have each other. Like if it's not David Gilmore, Roger Waters or Nick Mason. Yeah. Like it had, it, it. They could do it. Yeah. They, People just, do do it. People would be like, okay, I'm doing a 12-city tour in the U.S., and then we're doing a 12-city tour in Europe. We're getting the band back together to replace Sid and Richard. We have these people. Well, because okay, Roger Waters did a new album like two years ago, uh-huh. so he toured on it. Gilmore hasn't done a solo album since On an Island. So Roger Waters is one of those people where... He's going to, like, if he makes an, an album, yeah, he's going to tour. Probably five songs of the set are going to be off that album. Because he's always wanting to do, he'd play new music, you know. Right. Where Gilmore is kind of the, he's got this canon, you know, artillery of fucking great songs he can just pick and choose from. I mean, from. you don't think Clapton would be in on this? Like, replace Sid Barrett for a tour? He, But Clapton wouldn't. That's sonically, that's the wrong end of the spectrum. Like Clapton would be someone that would have to replace if Gilmore were, were not there. I'm not talking about doing new music, but like just filling in the sound. Clapton can play it. Right, he could do it, but he's too. That's what I'm saying. Clapton is real bluesy. Right. You already got Gilmore. That's why someone like Stephen Wilson or that Devin Townsend. Yeah. They would get the other guitar going. Pick it up. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like it would. They'd carry that tone better. Clapton and Gilmore. Stylistically, there's a lot of feel happening. 
It's almost too. It would be too much feel. You'd be, people would getting be getting filled up too much. Filled up too much. Felt up. Can you get filled up too much? I went to. There's the not pink, enough. Pink felt up concert. Pink felt up. Pink Floyd, man. Uh, Dude, they're pretty good band. They're a damn good band. <laughs> damn good band. Uh, so yeah. Get their albums. I'm sure you have a shirt or music. Yeah, you got it in Hot Topic. Right. Or literally anywhere else. Or Jacob's favorite store. um, What's that one? Over on Mockingbird Station. (laughs) I don't remember. Urban Outfitters. Oh, yeah. I love that place. (laughs) In fact, I'm going to go there right now. I'm going to go there. Did did Leon Russell ever play with... Urban Outfitters? No. (laughs) Yes. With Pink Floyd? I know it's not his wheelhouse, but... no. He played with a lot of people. Yeah. He, mostly American people, other than Elton John. Okay. All right. I it's Played with George Harrison. Those are not Americans. No, that's why that's why I was saying mostly Americans, but those are the couple I could think of that weren't. Well, Pink Floyd, that wraps up our episode of The Unbalanced Note. We will be back next week, of course, with some excellent new... Musicians, hopefully one of the ones we talked about today earlier. Um, but until then, I'm Brian Kluger. You can find me at boomstickcomics.com and highdefdigest.com. And you can find Jacob Douglas at Scrumchalescence on Instagram where he's posting all sorts of nude pics or something. I don't know. Of my dogs. Of the dogs. Uh, dogs are always naked. Dogs are always naked. Well, unless they have the coats on to go outside. Or they're in bags. Easy. Easy.